This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome to a Wednesday evening edition of the Chase Thomas Podcast. I am the aforementioned Chase Thomas, and I'm joined for the first time, Mo DeKeel. He's all over the place. You've you've read him, you've heard him on the Athletic NBA show, you've read him in Bleacher Report. Mo, good evening, sir. How are you? I'm doing well, man. I'm I'm trying to keep up with everything, but I'm doing well. <laughs> hey, man, you know, it's good. Um, are, like, have you... Like, where are you at with the restart and free agency and the draft? Like, are you already overwhelmed or are you excited about all of this content coming your way? I'm both. I am way overwhelmed um, b- because there's just so much stuff and it's coming faster than we're ever used to. Right. Like mm. this, this is kind of I've said it before. It's a little bit similar to 2011 at the end of the lockout when everything was happening and kind of free agency was happening at the same time as training camp. But this time we're throwing in the draft into this whole mix, and and it's just a lot going on, a lot to keep up with. I'm never very versed in the draft. I don't. Uh, this might come as a shock to a lot of people. I don't watch college basketball all that much, um, mm-hmm. if at all, just because it's during the season normally, and you know I, I don't have the bandwidth for for watching all this NBA games and then and then focusing on college guys and. You know, that's that's to the credit of the guys that do it, like, you know, Kevin O'Connor and the other guys who, who are able to do that. God bless them, because I just can't do that. I got to just focus on one. And, and for me, I prefer the NBA. But, you know, I am trying to catch up, Chase. I'm watching a bunch of draft film and, and catching up on guys and, and, and getting all that stuff done. Yeah, Um it's just weird that it just feels like the draft stuff came out of nowhere, even though we've been waiting forever. Like the fact that I was just going through my feed and all the different pieces, like I'm going to ESPN.com slash NBA and I'm checking out the insider content and then Chad Ford is blitzing my podcast library. And I'm like, Oh, the draft, because it's just out of whack. And I, I just, my brain doesn't think about the NBA draft in November. It's just very weird to see all this now. And it, it feels like it came out of nowhere. And I don't know if you're like me. I mean, you're uh, an MBL guy, Mo. So you can uh, you can fill me in on Lamelo uh, Ball because I do have some questions there. But I just I found myself like the Hawks. I should care. And like Jonathan Sharks, the Ringer, and I have been texting back and forth for the last couple of days about the Hawks and what they're going to do and things like that and who's the best to pair with Trey and who stays and who goes with this group and the the playoff mandate internally and all that kind of stuff. And I'm sitting there and I'm just like, I should be more amp for this. I should be more amp for all the potential <laughs> yes. chaos. And I'm not at all. Like, I'm just, I, I'm not at all. I mean, the, the, the chaos side of it is always fun. 
you know, when in doubt, just root for chaos. And because and, that's the most fun for us on the content side, because then it's just like, what is happening? This whole thing's insane. Uh, you know, but the the element like the Hawks kind of throwing the curveball, you know, this morning and then hearing that they're in the running for Drew Holiday and, and, and trying to make a move or things like that. Like there's a lot going on. And what I find interesting for the Hawks and what they need more, I mean, I guess we're just going to dive right into that, right? Oh, this is very conversational. We're we're like wherever this takes us tonight. It's late on okay. my end. I I am I am ready to bounce around the NBA. There we go. Well, then let's let's start. You know, in in Atlanta. You know, I, I just think you know the Hawks need to. It seems like they're really going to push trying to win this year in, in terms of making that leap and trying to get to the playoffs and get to another level, and. You know, the guys they have now on that roster, I just don't think it gets them there. And I think that's the reason why we're here and they're, they're looking at Drew Holiday. They might be looking to move their pick to to bring in a veteran guy. I mean, for a guy next to Trey Young, you need somebody that can defend, for God's sakes, because that kid ain't going to. Well, they just have real questions they're going to have to answer because you're going to have to like their cap situation is really good right now. It's a blank slate, but they have to figure out how they're going to develop certain guys. They got to slide deandre hunter to the four and accept that he is a four and if that's the case if he plays 30 plus minutes there then where does john collins get the majority of his minutes and are you gonna really max out john collins and you have to juggle the john collins trey young partnership you gotta juggle just like kevin herter and trey young who i believe played aau together years ago or played some kind of lead some kind of tournament together i forgot what it was maybe it was team usa it, they all play together now it's not even fun anymore <laughs> <laughs> they're all together well, they all played at one point to another so <laughs> yeah well they have a history of some sort and then you already traded for clint capella you have cam reddish there and you've got to figure out where cam reddish is going to slide in and i'm just thinking about how you like it's going to be very difficult to navigate because we just we assume that because people are young that they're going to there's all this potential and they're going to turn into this that and the other and we saw what happened to trey when he had an outrageous usage rate last year i mean you mentioned his defense and stuff like that and people i think are overreacting to win now stuff where i'm just like they don't have room for another lottery pick like there's not room in the rotation to really develop another one because there's already a log jam of reddish hunter trey herder and Colin, like you don't there's no room where are you sliding this person in like i don't know where the minutes are coming and i don't know where the touches are coming i don't know where the just like I, where you're going to develop them like there's just not a lot of options so when you think about trading down like um jonathan pitched to me and i want to get your perspective on this he pitched um derozan to the hawks and then you give six to the spurs and i think they have the 17 pick and you get 17 back would you do that if I'm the Spurs in his heartbeat, you know, uh, Atlanta, that's an interesting one. You know, I probably do it. DeRozan's up after this year, right? Yes. So it doesn't kill your con. It doesn't kill your, your cap space, you know, for the next year. And, and I think the, the interesting thing you, you bring up too, is they just don't have room for another lottery pick. Uh, Guy you draft at six is going to be a guy you need to develop. A guy you need need is going to need playing times, and yep. you kind of laid it out nicely. Sort of, just there's there's not those minutes available, you know. And I think when you bring in DeRozan, I think it helps with the scoring, eases the pressure off a little bit for Trey Young. He also was He's also a backup solid. point guard. Yeah, like he can play backup point, so that solves exactly. a big issue there. You know, he he can help with the play playmaking and things like that. And I, I find it really interesting. I, that one's pretty interesting. I think I would I would take a look at it if I were the Hawks. 
I'm not a hundred percent sure that they do that. I'm, I, I wonder if they can try to see if they can get another, maybe a more interesting piece at six, you know, and, and try to really kind of push for it. I'm, I'm just not sure. Um, if DeRozan's the guy that I'm going to look at and going like, okay, they have him now they're going to the playoffs. Like for me, it's not a lock if, if they have DeRozan in that spot. And I think people are overreacting to the playoff stuff and the fact that they might trade the lottery pick for some, I'm just like, <laughs> but you know, but you know, Chase that some of that stems from last year hearing the stuff about Trey young being unhappy with all this losing, you know, yeah. and, and, and I think that's really kind of to, for me where it stems. Now, part of me is like, yo, Trey, you need to, if you want to talk about all this losing, you might want to try to play defense. But, you know, the, the, the whole idea there is that's where the stuff's beginning to fester. And I think for me, what I'm worried about with the Hawks is them trying to fast forward this, you know, and trying really, to skip That's step. not really stepping on the gas by just trading six for a veteran who can really help and take a lot of load off Trey's plate. Like, I don't think that's just like, what are you doing? How can you trade this asset for this? It's not like you're doing some Billy King Nets type stuff. So that's especially my thing. Especially in this draft. Especially in this right. draft. Because it's not like six is going to be... This, this I'm not guy sweating that... Obi Toppin. Like I'm not. I'm not sweating <laughs> missing out on that. Like I'm okay. If yeah, I get no. Drew Holiday for Obi Toppin, I can live with that. I can live with a person like that. It will probably take more. But like my number one option, if I'm the Hawks this this winter, it sounds weird just thinking about uh, free agency this winter, is Gordon Hayward. I think Gordon is the type of vet who give him a fresh scenery. He would obviously be able to bring the ball up he's he can do some playmaking he can run the second unit he could help slide him in at the three hat close with him with hunter with reddish with um trey and then either capella or collins depending on the matchup but like hayward to me is probably the person with the amount of cap space atlanta has that i would actually like i would be okay with a three or four year contract for Hayward. Like that is who I would target more than anything, even more than drew. Cause I don't know if drew would stay on past the year. Cause his contract up, unless he reworked his contract before the trader right after. Well, I, you're only trading for drew holiday. If you're Atlanta, if you know, if you kind of had an extension agreed upon, like, I don't think mm-hmm. you're not giving up six for a guy. That's just potentially a rental. Yeah. Like that would, that would, that that's would be the trade. That's the trade chase where you and I are both going, what are they doing? Right. <laughs> you know, um, I like the idea with Gordon Hayward a little bit, but you're in that same boat again. You know, it's, it's, you know, he's going to be on the the last year of his deal as well, you know, and you're, you're trading that, but maybe in this case too, you can get a bunch of, you know, the Boston's picks. I mean, Boston has what, three draft picks in this this draft coming up, you know, and th- and you may not have to draft all three guys. You can you can try to spin those off at other places, you know, for another piece here or there or a future draft pick or whatnot. So I think that's maybe an interesting move. But you're kind of in the same boat a little bit with the Hayward with that Hayward trade. If if he's your the main guy you're targeting, that's true. Um, I just I'm not panicking yet. I'm not really like I just. I don't think they're mortgaging the future with whatever they do. I think a playoff mandate, like they just want to win basketball games. Like they also haven't played for what is it? Eight months now. They have a lot of young guys who need minutes. Cam was really coming on before the stoppage. Like they're just concerned. I think about these young guys. Like, I really think that that's a big part of it is they want to make sure that they're developing. And also the bench was terrible. Like they had to trade back for Dwayne Dedman because they just had nothing there. And 
they didn't have a backup point guard for Trey all year and that wear it on him. Like there's just Herder got injured, Collins got suspended. Like I think they just they know the clock is ticking too on Trey. And you mentioned him saying he wants to win. Like I think so many teams it's almost like a I feel bad in some areas where it's just like these teams, they actually draft well. They they target well. Like obviously the Luca trade's a disaster, but not to the degree that's just like we've seen in in past. There's a lot of worse trades. But Trey is still a really great player, and he's probably the second best player in that draft. And they target him, and they scouted him the right way, and they picked him, and he's been great, and he'll be a multi-time all-star, all that kind of stuff. But he he's going to be able to just be like, hey, if we miss the playoffs next year, I, I like I'm not doing a super max. Like he he can go ahead and start putting that out there that like this is just not enough, and that so many teams they just they want to satisfy their star because there's not many of these guys to go around and they're you could be like the hornets where you're in the lottery for years and you you come out with nothing and then you stumble into to Javante graham and you're like oh this is cool but like wow what a waste um i you could be the magic you could be the bulls like there are so many teams around the league right now that don't even have like a tray type and they're just they're they're just kind of in purgatory so i i think it's complicated i think they're you're not gonna believe this mode there's a lot more nuance that is involved. <laughs> no, we yeah. don't have that in basketball analysis. Get <laughs> out of here, Chase. We don't do that. No, we don't. But on this podcast, we do, Mo. And that's one of the reasons I appreciate uh, you being here. Because you're one of the writers and thinkers that uh, that has this. So I, you can step back and look at A lot of people would disagree with you on that. But <laughs> calling me a thinker would freak a lot of people out. <laughs> well, um, so who do you to bounce around the league with free agency, when you're looking at the start of free agency and you're looking at needs, you're looking at cap space, you're looking at who's going to do what, who, is there a team in particular that you're most fascinated by? Well, here's the thing. I don't think free agency is going to be as big as the trade market's going to be. Okay. You know, and I think that's where things are going to get interesting because I think everybody's going to look to make moves there's not a lot. It's not a great free agent class. You know, I think what the biggest names are Fred Van Vliet and Christian Wood. Like, who else am I missing? I mean, Anthony Davis is going to resign with the Lakers. Well, I think Wood's resigning, too. I don't think he's actually going to get out of there. I think he's yeah. he's part of their long term future. If it's anybody, it's Blake Griffin. <laughs> right. And, and, and that's and that's a dude who I think could be on the move. I think Blake could be heading elsewhere. I mean, you know, look, we're recording on the Wednesday night and. All the news with Russell Westbrook asking out like, you know, there's there's going to be a lot of moves. I mean, Chris Paul, there's there's going to be a lot of trades that I think are going to I'm going to find interesting. What I'm very interested about is the Milwaukee Bucks. I want to see what yeah. they do. They're my number you know, one. They are my number they're, one. They're they're in just that position where it's like they got to make something happen. They can't go in the next season. And with the same team and think they're going to get a different result. I'm sorry. I'm just, it's not going to happen, you know, and and I was beating the drum two years ago. I said, they play only one way. And I think the thing we've learned in the NBA so far for people to, it doesn't matter how, how you play, as long as you're able to play multiple ways. You know, when you look at the Lakers who want it, they're able to go big and small. You know, they, they, they're able to adjust and play different ways with the guys they had on their their roster there they had a little more versatility and i think mm. that's going to be something going forward that teams need to look at and i think that's something that the bucks are missing they really only play one way and i'm kind of fascinated to see what they do and how how are they able to kind of get Giannis some help you know and i think it's not just Giannis; is get chris middleton some help and and for me like that's kind of where i want to see a guy like chris paul end up 
you know, I think he does wonders for that team. I think that kind of opens a lot of things But do you think that actually up. puts him in the favorite category to win the title next year? I don't. I don't think that's enough. I don't think Chris Paul in 2021 is enough. No, see, I, I disagree because I think okay. here's the thing. When I look at it with Chris Paul, first off, you have the pick and roll tandem with him and Giannis, right? Mm-hmm. And that can go either way. He can be the screen setter or he could be the ball handler. Like that just they can kind of play around with that over and over again in many different ways. But I think the key to that too with having Chris is that he unlocks everybody else. And I think he takes Chris Middleton to another level. He gets Middleton easier looks and and simpler shots and he doesn't have to create as much or when it's just him on the court he doesn't have to worry about setting everybody else up he's not the defender he used to be and he's not as good a defender as like eric bledsoe but he's so much better offensively and everybody else is such solid defenders on that team for the most part they can kind of cover for him it's not like he's uh just sort of a a sieve and gives up everything but you know, it's it's he's going to be good enough that they can cover for everybody. They, the rest of the guys can cover for him, and I think that makes things. I think that makes them better, Chase. I think that gives them a, a better chance at being a contender. I mean, who are you looking at in the East that are contenders? Well, a lot of people are talking themselves into the Raptors um, as the sleeping. Well, how, why? I don't know. Like, I don't. I guess people are betting on Pascal taking another leap, and I guess the wild card is OG. Like, does OG have another level? Remember Summer League OG when he was dribbling the ball up and they were letting him play point guard? And you were like, oh, if OG and Obi is a playmaker and he can have those opportunities and he can add that to his game, maybe. But I, I'm with you. I don't think it's them either. I mean, I guess Boston, I would still take. Oh, hold, on, hold on. Before we go, there, let's stay with Toronto for a quick second. Mm-hmm. Like, this is my thing about Siakam. And this was. This is what this year proved to me, and I kind of said this going into it. I don't think he's a number one guy. I don't either. You know, and and if they just and he, I don't see him taking a leap and all of a sudden becoming that guy. Right. You know, he had the whole year to kind of prove it to us, and all majority of his points come from transition. Majority of his points come from somebody else setting him up. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I think that's he's a hell of a number two, and and. You know, maybe even a number three option, depending on on your team or your roster setup. For me, the the Raptors just don't have that number one guy, and we saw what it looked like when they did when it was Kawhi Leonard. You know, and and that's kind of what they're missing. So if they don't have that, for me, they're they're not they're contenders in the sense of they're going to be very good in the in the Eastern Conference. They're going to be in the playoff mix, but I just don't see them being good enough to to move to the finals, especially if they also lose Fred VanVleet. Yeah, I don't think they're going to lose Van Vliet, though. It seems like he's they're going to pay him whatever he needs. He is the, I I, I don't know. I, I have my doubts about them them moving on from him. But like, I just think if I'm the Bucks, and this is why they're so interesting, and we're on the same page here, is like this is do or die time. And so many of these teams, when they get in this position, they don't they do half measures. They'll trade for a mid tier guy and hope that that is enough. And it's like no 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 no, you don't understand. You need to be in the finals and be damn sure that you're going to the finals next year. Like there needs to be no question on opening night. Victor Oladipo is not a no question at this point, like guy for you to be like, okay, we're, we're the favorites. We're going to make it through the East. No question. I don't know who that is. That's why I would be aggressive. Like I'm calling Sacramento and being like, all right, what is it going to take to get buddy and De'Aaron Fox? Like that is how serious i am going to get i am going to be like De'Aaron fox is he unhappy like how unhappy is De'Aaron fox like what do we what do we gotta do i'm calling washington every hour what's beal like 
How's Bradley Beal feeling? Like, if it costs you DiVincenzo and a bunch of pieces, you still do that because ultimately this is it. And if you think just because Giannis doesn't like the the spotlight and he doesn't do commercials and like you're you're pretty confident that he'll just sign the supermax with the status quo, I just I mean, cool, but we've we've seen this movie before. And I I don't it's always scary. It's always a scary end to those movies. And and I'm with you. I I just think they have to I'm with you on all those things. I personally, I don't think Beal's going anywhere this season. This is this is my kind of guess. I think if it happens, it'll happen next offseason. I don't think I think they're going to want to give it a go with seeing what John Wall looks like healthy this year, which, you know, who knows? You know, if he's going to be really good or or or, or crappy again, um, you know, it, it'll be interesting. I imagine they're going to re-sign Davis uh, Bertans. I don't I don't think he's going anywhere like they have some interesting pieces, but I think they could be a pretty fun team in the East. You know, if Wall's at like 75 percent, the John Wall we used to know. But I don't think Beal's going anywhere. It's just he, he, I'm not saying anybody's just, not going anywhere at this point. Like I, I'm not confident <laughs> about any of this. You can live on that hill. I am not. I am going to be like nothing would surprise me. Like if Bradley well, Beal got traded during this podcast, it would not blow my mind. It, it wouldn't blow my mind either, Chase. But you know, for me, it's just like listen. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I don't want to be right all the time. Mm. That'd be a boring ass life if I knew everything and was just right all the time. Because then you're not able to be. It sounds amazing. You're not able to be surprised. No, then you're not able to be surprised. I like being surprised. From I don't time like to uncertainty time. at all. That's not how I'm wired. Oh, like I'm looking at man, my Google Sheets on, right now. Chase. No, come no. on, man. Have a no. little more fun. No uncertainty is the devil like i am i am anti-uncertainty for sure (laughs) (laughs) i'm looking at my notebook right now that has my entire day outlined i'm looking at what i'm like no can't do it don't like it if i could unplug uncertainty from my life i would absolutely do so no okay well well i don't i I (laughs) I think you're the normal one here i don't i don't mind being a wrong on occasion but like mm. for the bucks they just we, we said it like i think they got to do things i think the the, the one Can I team take my in, nuclear option there yeah go for it i love that the rockets are already like getting getting antsy i love the sell-off <laughs> is coming I, that's what makes this like they're the anti-interesting team where i just think it's going to get really sad really quickly with tillman Fertitta. like i think that's just going to be a lot like I feel bad for Steven Silas already like he hasn't coached a game yet and I'm like oh he doesn't even know what's coming like he doesn't know that both these guys are gone within a year like this is uh this is gonna be bad and I uh I don't know like I am just Milwaukee like the the James Harden conversation like just calling James Hart like what do we oh. have to do like James could, Hard- you, could you could you imagine after the Giannis jokes about James Harden and and actually the back and forth between the two of them about yeah. the MVP. I don't care. And them being like, teammates, the... I would love again, I would love it just for chaos. But also they're <laughs> like, winning the title. Like that's an assurance. Like if you have like if you have Giannis and James Harden, like that's a that's a title winning team. They're winning a title. I don't know if you are. I don't oh, know if you are. Jason. Okay. No, because here's the thing, and this is my thing about okay. James James Harden, who's a phenomenal player, all that stuff. I don't know if he's a cat that can share the ball. And what I mean by that is like, you know, he's, he's great passer and all that stuff, but he needs to have the usage. He needs to have that control. We're, we're looking at, this is part of the reason why Westbrook's asking out, right? It's like, he wants to be able to man the team. And I think that's something that 
James Harden really likes having that control. And I don't see Giannis relinquishing that. And I don't know if it would be smart for him to do that. You know, and I think that's kind of the the mix there. And I don't know. On paper, it looks great, right? We're How are like, you defending wow. a Giannis Harden pick and roll? Oh, I'm not worried about it. I'm not just worried trapping, about it. I'm just trapping James and then rotating over from Giannis and letting the other guys beat me. Chris Middleton or DiVincenzo in the corner. I guess you're losing a lot of those guys in this scenario, but... But even, but even yeah. it don't doesn't matter. Even if it is them, all right, I will live with that. I'm not going to let these two guys beat me, you know. And 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 I'll take my chances with that. And I think that's something that, you know, you well, might lose games, you might win games. Go ahead. How many teams have not won an NBA championship that had two top five players in their prime? I. How many teams have been? How many teams qualify for that? Not many. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I'm not betting against two top five guys in their prime. Like I'm, I'm just not. We just saw that with the Lakers. They just but did you, it. But, you, but here's the thing, though. The, the the perfect thing about the Lakers is they had an actual chemistry about themselves. Mm. And LeBron was very much like, I'm going to keep Anthony Davis involved. I'm going to make sure he's in. Davis from the very beginning of a training camp was like, I'm going to hold LeBron accountable and things like that. James Harden doesn't do too well with people holding him accountable. Yeah. Like that's not there's there's a give and take to this chase. And I think that's where the chemistry side of it comes together, where I think it becomes an issue. And I think that's something that's uh, a whole different deal there. And and I think Giannis and, and, and James are two different guys in the way they go about things. And not you can evolve. You can grow. How old is James Harden? Man, Maybe it's a different situation. If you're James Harden, James Harden is like what in his 10th, 11th year in the career in, in the career. Like he's not going to change that much. He's ready. He'll change for Giannis. He'll he'll acknowledge. Man, Chase, us. you Chase. I'm telling you, man. You <laughs> sound like 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 me chasing after a girl, going like, Nah, man. She's gonna be different when she's with me. You know, <laughs> like this is this is how that works. You know. I, Are you I, the I, guy I, saver? Is that what you're saying? I don't know what the hell I am. I'm useless. <laughs> Personal life. I'm useless. Don't 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 bother with that. Uh, that's a whole other podcast. The mode to kill uh, the pitch is like I will save you, girl. I yeah. look, look. I understand basketball. I understand how to fix you too. I can fix the Raptors. I can. I'm fix a coach. You. I'm yeah. a coach. I got you. Uh, no, uh, but like when you look at these things, like they just don't necessarily to me scream like two guys that would really work well together. And my thing with Harden is I don't know a lot of guys that would work well together with him. If he couldn't make it with his childhood friend in Russell Westbrook, I don't know who he's going to make it I mean, he made it work, work with. with CP. Like, they were a bad injury away from maybe winning the NBA championship a couple years ago. Like, which he's... Is, which makes this whole thing amazing. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like we're too... I, I just... I think we're a little too hard on him. I really do. No, I it I think I think the criticisms of him of his game of his style and things are, are are very difficult. I just don't think this is a team that that it would work for him. I don't think that's a pairing I would feel comfortable with. You know, like he would probably do really well with a guy like Rudy Gobert, right? A guy he can mm, run pick and roll with. But you're not winning lo- anything with James Harden, Rudy Gobert. But I don't think you're winning anything with James Harden and uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Well, see, we disagree there. I think I would go ahead and lock in Giannis and James Harden winning an NBA title if they were actually on the same team. But that's the kind of all-in move you try in the last year of Giannis. That is the that's the Hail Mary, and I don't know if they're going to do the Hail Mary. What, what does your gut tell you? 
it's not hardened. <laughs> well, not hardened. You. What I'm saying is, like, do you think they'll do a full measure? I think they have to. But they have not. No, 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 no. Do you think they're actually going to do that though? Not what you think they should do. Yeah. Okay. If they're at all smart, they got to realize what's at stake. It's it's not even just this season. It's the future of the franchise. What happens to this organization if Giannis leaves after next season? I mean, they're just going to go back to what they were and just be irrelevant for 15 years. Right. And that sucks for Milwaukee. But then you're trading Chris. And now you're looking to move other guys. Now you're going to tank for a while like that's Yeah, it's going to be darkness. That, it's going to be bad. That's that's why if you're the team, you got to look at if you looking at that going like, hey, we're just going to roll the dice and bring this team back for a third year. Like that's kind of crazy, you know, unless Listen, you're going to fir- trade Giannis. <laughs> yeah, but I just again, they're not going to do that. You know, they no. got to you got to roll but with But that's it also the- what saved New Orleans, right? Like New Orleans is in that- a really really dark place if davis just walks like they're in a yes. they got lucky with that but do you think do you think Giannis is going to demand a trade the way davis did absolutely not they they seem like very different people yeah so i just I, and and that's the reason why it but worked it's that something way you have to think davis, about if you're hearst right you have to think about what this organization looks like if Giannis leaves and doesn't sign the supermax before this season yeah and i don't think he should sign the supermax before this season yeah Players should hold the leverage as long as they can. You know, once he signs that, that's it. Is I mean, you know, he'll demand he could demand a trade after the first year of the supermax deal, but you're in a tough spot there. And I think for him, I think the smart thing is just let's see what this year looks like. But again, I just don't think they can go through a third year. And listen, all last year was, well, the year before was a fluke. They were up 2-0 on Toronto, and then Fred Van Vliet's wife had a baby, and he just caught fire. It was essentially what, you know, the 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 not even, not nuanced way of saying it, you know, is, is what happened to them. And then they went through this year, and then they got completely exposed against the Miami Heat. Like, the Heat really owned them, and probably should have won that series 4-0. So, I mean, you, you know, they they got to make a drastic change. And if they don't, I mean, I'm just counting the days for Giannis to leave and join the Mavs. I'm going to bet they don't do anything drastic. I'm going to bet if I got into my head, got into my head, my guess is they trade for DeRozan and maybe get Deontay Murray or Derek White along with it. That's my best guess. Oof, oof, oof. That's what I'm going to guess. That's I what guess I'm going to guess they start- do printing some new uh, Giannis jerseys then because he won't be in Milwaukee. <laughs> you heard it here first. That is what I'm going to guess they do. Okay. DeRozan and or Murray and Derek White is what I'm going to guess. Um, yeah, probably not Not the best uh, let's save Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, situation there. Yeah. Um, is there a case for LaMelo Ball being a superstar in this draft? No. Okay. I think he's going to be a good basketball player. Mm-hmm. I mean, I actually just watched a, a, a lot of LaMelo Ball film. I'm working on a, a video for a friend of mine and, and was was going through some of his stuff. And look, he's got great court vision, you know, and, mm-hmm. and this better is or worse th- than Lonzo. Oh, that's a good one. I think Lonzo's slightly better. Hmm. But here's but here's the thing. This is also one thing I'd say about LaMelo. This seems to be the first year, and we've only got to see him in 12 games with this team. With, I, I can't even – Wall- I can't even say the team's – what city that's from. The <laughs> yeah, Australian I'm not going to do it either. 
they're, they're, you know, we only got to see him play in 12 games, but this is the Hawks, the most structure he's ever really had, mm. you know, over the past four or five years. Like, look, in high school, they practically ran that team. He could do whatever the hell he wanted on that team. They, you know, uh, if the coach did something out of line, LeVar would just go off and bully him, right? Like, he was supposed to go to UCLA. Obviously, that whole stuff happens with LiAngelo Ball. Did you ever watch and him he, at Chino Hills? No. I, okay. That's very far from me, Chase, and I ain't going that far. <laughs> okay. I can't watch college basketball. I sure as hell ain't watching high school hoops. Uh, <laughs> well, I will tell you, I still remember watching Lou Williams in high school. Um, I was like a sixth grader playing AAU, and I remember seeing Lou Williams in person beat the living crap out of my high school team, and it was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Like See, Lou Williams, was, kind of awesome. it, it was one of the most. He he signed my shoes, my basketball shoes. Do you still have them? Uh, no, they were my I three, so I don't have them anymore. But um, you remember the zip up I threes? Yeah, yeah, th- it was those. But um, he was pulling up from like half court, just draining threes. Like it was. Yeah. Lou Williams is still the most fun basketball player I've ever seen in person. It's really not even close. Yeah, it's it's pretty. High school impressive. can be fun. Well, if it's a superstar, it can be fun because they're just freestyling, and you it's so per- apparent that they're just so much better than everybody else. It's wild. Y- that's the only time I'd probably go watch where I'm like, I'm interested in seeing it. But you know, when you go back to LaMelo, so after mm-hmm. that, he goes from, from that to playing in Lithuania, mm-hmm. which was a whole weird, we all forgot scenario. about that. It was just, it was just a whole yeah. weird scenario. Again, it was, it felt more, they were doing it for their reality TV show on Facebook. Like this was the one year where it felt like, Hey, Let's put him in some structure and see what it looks like. And you you kind of saw the difference. Like he he even at 19, he looks a little bit more built, like he's put on a little more muscle. And part of that is just growing as a as a kid that he is, you know, and, and you just kind of get to see that a little bit more. And it's interesting because, you know, he was with Dave Anderson, who was playing for the same team, the the Hawks in, in the NBL. And I was with Dave with the Australian national team. And I know he's coaching LaMelo a little bit and, and and talking to him about stuff and things like that. So I'm really interested to see what happens when LaMelo has more structure around him and in in a cleaner environment, an easier environment that's built more towards, Hey, let's focus on the basketball and not this other crap. And, you know, we, I think he's going to be a good basketball player. I don't think he's going to be a great, I think he has a, better shooting mechanics than Lonzo, although he doesn't, he hasn't shot it really well in the, in the NBL. But I think overall, I think he's going to be pretty good. He's not going to be the defender Lonzo is though. Really? Cause he's longer, right? He's bigger, longer. He's longer. He's bigger, but you know what? Lonzo's got those instincts, man, defensive instincts. And he's really solid point of attack defender. You know, I I think you, you're not going to get so much of that from LaMelo. You know, I think LaMelo is going to have, going to need to really commit himself defensively to get close to that level. But I think Lonzo is going to end up being the better defender, but I think LaMelo will probably be the better all around offensive guy in the ball family. Hmm. Where does Leangelo stack in there? Man, I hope he's taking business courses somewhere. <laughs> I don't think he has to. I think he's good. Like if he could just like, he could be the, the, the PR rep for his man, brother. Listen, but... man, don't be Vinny Chase's brother. Hmm. I can't. I can't remember even the character's name. Uh, that is it? a very. The, I don't even know the reference. Vinny Chase. Who is that? Oh God, I'm so old, Chase. You just hurt me. You really cut me <laughs> off. Entourage from from the show. Oh, Entourage. I never watched Entourage. 
Okay. Well, not an entourage I'm, guy. I'm still old. Okay. That doesn't make you know. old. Entourage is not that crazy. I was expecting something way, way older. How old are you? Uh, 39. Oh, are you really? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I am old. See? <laughs> <laughs> that reaction right there. I am old. <laughs> you are a little old. Sorry. Sorry. No. You are a little old. I'm Killing 29. Me. Yeah. I, I was frightened oh, about I turning 30. This podcast is over. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But hey, um, on the plus side, you look good for almost 40. There we go. Don't, you didn't have to say almost 40. Well, we didn't have to bring yeah, it. I mean, look, all we I'm saying is like, I hope you're preparing for the second half of your life. I hope you're. Oh, buddy. <laughs> you're killing me, Chase. <laughs> Aren't you glad you agreed to come on this podcast tonight, Mo? Yeah, I wish I knew this was part was part of the rundown. <laughs> well, hey, you gotta you gotta listen back to previous episodes. No, if I uh, might bring up the age. Um, what would like when you're looking at the 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 lottery? Is there any name that stands out to you the most that you're like, I don't think people are ready for this person to to move up? Here's the thing. Again, it goes back to me not being as verse in the draft as mm. as you think an expert would i don't know enough about these guys you know like i'm honestly kind of to to steal sam vicini's mm. comment i'm sort of parachuting in here a little bit mm. you know well, he's and, not parachuting and, in he moved to australia for oh, he full on he full on moved to australia he's, yeah, he's all a, he's all in on the nbl now he's he's gonna be ready you know, so he's going to be, he, he moved to Australia the year after. <laughs> well, I think it's going to be a thing. I think it's, he's not, it's not like that's going to be the end. It seems like there's going to be no. more and more guys doing this. It should be. It's, it's a smart thing to do, especially because I think the transition is so much easier. It's an English speaking country. It's, you know, there, it's a decent league, not a great league, you know, in general, but it's pretty good. They got guys who understand the game, but I think, just a transition altogether is easier for these guys versus going to China, going to Europe and, and countries where they don't speak English, where it's a little bit different and, and, and all the way down to the culture. I think Australia is an easier way for these young kids to transition. But, you know, when I look at some of these guys, like I've watched some film on Anthony Edwards. Uh, I watched, you know, the as much film as you can on James Wiseman, considering he only played three games. Like these guys are pretty interesting. Nobody wows me though, right? Nobody blows me away in in what I've seen so far. Like nobody makes me stand up and go like, damn, this guy is gonna be like the truth. I think they got this draft has a lot of like players that are gonna be good role players. They're gonna be, you know, stars at their role versus actual stars. And I think that's kind of going to be the the thing we're going to talk about with this draft. I the biggest thing to me that just blows my mind because you remember months ago, like no one was like James Wiseman's going to be like him being gone. They're like he's he's got a lot of flaws. He's not going to go in the like now. It's just like assumed he's going in the top three. And I I just why are bigs, especially bigs like Wiseman, still going in the top three? I don't understand like why we've just overlooked this. I think we should just be all like, what are you doing? We, we know how this works now. Don't do this. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting though, because like the way I look at it is, you know, for me, his floor right now is Clint Capella, mm-hmm. right? Who's, but you don't draft Clint Capella number two overall. You do in this draft, <laughs> you know, like when well, we, that, when you, that's not a good sign for this draft that Clint Capella is the uh, Clint Capella type is number two. But that's his floor, right? Like, he can go to another level. Well, what's his like, ceiling? It's not Joel Embiid. It's not Nikola Jokic. 
No, no, but like he can, I think he can stretch out and and hit some threes at a certain point in his career. I so think what, he'll be Dwayne a, Dedman, like a much better version than Dwayne Dedman. Come on, man! Like you well, hold on, Dwayne <laughs> Dedman. I I love Dwayne Dedman's good. Um, he's he he he's good, but he's not like like Wiseman would be the the top end of that. But like why what? You can again, get guys it, it, like Wiseman. They grow on trees now. Those guys exist everywhere. No team is hurting is, for how, a Wiseman. How much is Clint Capella's contract? Too much. Don't want to talk right. about it. Okay, but that's the Hawks what are those be guys do with Collins what, and Capella this year. Like I don't, I don't want to talk about it. I don't know, but but that's what those guys go for now, right? Like on the market, that's mm-hmm. what that contracts worth. That players like that are worth, right? Mm-hmm. If you can get Wiseman at half that. You know, and and under control for the next was it like six years, seven years? Well, I've, it feels like indentured servitude. But like, um, you know, when you have these guys, when you have their control and the at, at the cost of that, and if you're getting the same production that you would get out of Capella, you know, for basically half the price right now, why wouldn't you do that if it fits a, if it fills a need for you? You know, it doesn't matter you where you're feeling draft. a need at number two. That is not what you should be doing. But this isn't a good enough draft, though, Chase. We don't Chase. know. We say, we've said this about previous drafts. We've said this before. We've said that, like, this draft is weak, and then there's two or three stars in it. Like, I don't but Chase, know. But, Chase, there aren't guys here that's making people salivate, right? We don't know like, yet. We don't know. We don't know, but we we know going into drafts, right? Yeah. Like, we know, we know that this guy has the potential to be a franchise player. There isn't anybody on this draft list that – this will be one of those things. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I'll be happy to be wrong, Chase. But in this case, I feel pretty confident in saying it's not like we're going to look back later and go like, man, that draft had three or four superstars in it. Superstars like, nobody is probably on a little strong. Than- like, I think there's probably going to be like one or two. Like, I, I'm always going to bet on at least one or two in every draft. Like, I would be surprised if we don't get one at the bare minimum. And it's not going to be one in the top three, probably. And my whole thing is like, I would rather, in the top three especially, I would rather fail and go after a dragon bender and bank on him being jerk 2.0 then take the safe pick and go wiseman and be like he can be our clint capella like i would always rather my team take a chance on a three and a a a wing who could potentially be the next Kawhi leonard even if there's a long shot like i don't I'm okay with my team doing stuff like that and just so so like isaac okoro is going to in your draft i mean i wouldn't be opposed to it I would be a, I would be more in on that than James Wiseman for sure. Yeah, man, I, we're just gonna have to disagree on that because I just don't think you can. I don't think in this draft in particular. Look, in normal drafts, he's not going top three, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 one of those things. And you're you're right to the degree of like, you know, the big man is different now, right? Yes. This is a position that's changed, and but he to me isn't a traditional big man. He isn't the type of guy that has to be fed the ball in the post. I think he's a great rim runner. I think he does a good job, you know, rebounding at a very high rate, very aggressively. I think those two skills right there translate into buckets. I also think he's a great roller off screens, you know, in the in the pick and roll, and that's an area where he can get better because i think the the next stage for him to learn is to catch on the roll and make that pass and i think that's going to be the 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 next iteration as he gets going you know the hard thing with all of this stuff is we're projecting these kids at 19 years old i mean some of these dudes aren't even done growing yet yeah you know and and, and, and so this is the challenge within the draft and that's why for me it's like i'll take i will take Wiseman, if he fills a need, I think he fits perfectly with the team. And then I have my 
my big man for the next few years that I can develop and I think has the potential to be even better than what he is now versus, you know, like, all right, let's just take a flyer and hope this works out. You know, when you take chances at two or at one or just random, you know, trying to go after guys, you know, it doesn't always pan out. And, and oddly, and this might prove your case a little bit. A lot of times it is bigs. Yep. You know, like this, this does happen a lot with bigs and we always kind of harp back on when you passed on guards, but look, you know, the, the wolves at one point took Ricky Rubio and, and Johnny Flynn. Yeah. Back to back picks and passed on Steph, but they could have just done Ricky Rubio and Steph and it would have been great. I always, I always call it the kind of the butterfly effect. I would just mm-hmm. mean the wolves would have just found a way to screw up Steph. Do you think it so? Would have, Do you think Steph wasn't a superstar that could have been great wherever he went? I think a lot of that comes down to his ankles and sometimes as to trainers and things, all of these, this is Mm. the thing about the draft and this is everybody. Yeah. Right. Like a lot of it comes down to what situation you're getting drafted into, you know, uh, is Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard, if he goes somewhere else other than the Spurs, I don't know. Cause there was a whole development program. It's a place that's focused on development that invested heavily in his development. I mean, the number of kids, we don't know how good some of these kids would have been that got drafted by Sacramento because Sacramento's development was trash for so long. Right. Right. Like their program. So it's like they might have had a kid that just needed some development, needed some uh, kind of going back to like what I was saying about LaMelo Ball, needed some structure and some understanding of how to get there. And I think a lot of times with the draft, you it's situation, too. And like, is this the right guy? Does this fit? Does this work out? There's a lot of variables that go into drafting guys. So. You know, for me, it's most of these guys don't pan out and it's and it's a for a variety of reasons. You just never know. Like we always talk about Donovan Mitchell, right? Mm -hmm. With what is Donovan Mitchell if he's the backup to Gordon Hayward and doesn't get as many minutes if Gordon Hayward doesn't leave? Yeah. You know, like there's a there's an element to these things like we don't know, you know, and 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 and, you know, and some guys listen. LeBron's going to be a superstar wherever LeBron went, right? Like there, there are some guys. That's what I'm that, saying. Like I think it, it's funny. Like him, Davis. Um, I think Clay would be the same player wherever he went. I think Clay is actually like one of those who probably would have been the yeah. same kind of guy wherever he went. Um, I kind of agree. It's Jimmy just Butler, nature. to an extent, I think would have been too. Like I don't think play, like Tibbs was a big part, but like I think he just had that in him. Like he had this innate yeah, fire. Wherever he would have ended up late, I think he would have been the same kind of player. Like, I think it's just crazy to think about because some of these guys, we are just like, it's crazy that I think Jimmy Butler would have worked out everywhere, but I don't think Kawhi would have. Yeah, no, I think it's a, I don't think it's a crazy thing. And this isn't a shot at any of these guys. I just think there's always variables that go into these things that, that make it different. A a coach that doesn't believe in you or doesn't give you any minutes or, you know, uh, a coach who runs you into the ground or you get injured early in your, your development and you never have a chance to get minutes and things like there's just so many things that can happen through the course of your career so that sometimes even just getting drafted by the wrong team can, can derail a guy. And so for me, kind of just going back to really what brought us to all this is, you know, I think if you believe Wiseman has a chance to be pretty damn good, you take him. And, and I think, you know, Phoenix did a great job last year. We, myself included, and, you know, it's kind of stupid when I do this about draft guys because, again, I don't know much about it. But, like, they were getting killed for the Camp Johnson pick, right? Like, you took this guy so early and da-da-da and how, you know, this and that. And he wasn't even 
on our boards or this or that. You kept hearing all these stories. Cam Johnson turned out to be a hell of a player for them, has played a big role for them, and that worked out perfectly for them. They would probably draft Cam Johnson in that position 10 out of 10 times now. Yeah. Um, the Suns, man, like, it's cool. <laughs> I'm already over it. Like, I saw somebody today, like, they're going to be a problem if they get CP3. Like, no, they're not. Like, they're going to be an eight seed. Like, they're going to be a seven seed. Like, they're they're not going to contend. Like, there's no top-end talent there. Like, there's no top-five player on that roster. There's no one who is going to be a top-five player in the next five years in that roster. Like, they're... You don't believe in Devin Booker? Do you really think Devin Booker is going to be a top-five player in this league? I think in the in, somewhere in the next five years, I could see that. Really? I don't think he's going to be enough of a two-way player. I really don't. I, I don't I don't see it. I thought he made strides this year on that end defensively, and I think a lot of it kind of came with just trying a bit more. But I think that team, I don't know if they're going to be a problem. I'm with you on the overhype that we get too excited with these guys, and, and I would be interested in seeing, again, on paper with CP, it all makes sense and all looks good. But, you know, and have, having we've seen it enough from CP, he tends to get on people's nerves. So... I don't know necessarily how that plays out with, with the dynamics with him and Booker would play out. But I think Booker is a guy that I, I think he showed it last year to me where it's like, hey, now nah, this dude's a, a player. I think he's a guy that can be a, a top five guy in this league. Maybe. I mean, I guess it's a possibility. But then at that point, do you think it's going to happen while CP3 is still playing at an elite level? I don't know because I don't know how much longer CP is going to play. Right, like I would be surprised level. if like CP that's... falls apart this year. Like I think that's in play. Anything at this point is just when you look at short point guards. I don't know. We're in um we're in a territory where like it could end tomorrow. Him and Westbrook yeah, I... would be terrifying to acquire at the moment. If I'm a any any team looking for an immediate upgrade. Well, the one thing I'd say with CP is if you manage his minutes right, you're. I think you're fine. And I think well, that then was New York needs to be canceled off the list. Oh, I've been saying that for a while. I, I don't want him to end up in New York. I think that's a bad fit with him and, and Tibbs. But you see what Oklahoma City did was, you know, he didn't have to do much the first three quarters of the game, you know, and, and he was able to rest and chill. And then when it came into the fourth quarter, I was like, oh, it's closing time. Cool. I got it from here. And 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 I think that's kind of the role you sort of want to see from CP. That's why I kind of like him in the Bucks because Bud doesn't play anybody over 30 minutes, including in the playoffs, which I hope changes. But I think that would be they would be able to manage his minutes a bit more and, and in that side. I think in Phoenix, he'd have to play a lot more minutes, and I think he'd be prone to break down in that scenario. Hmm. I don't know. And then the Westbrook stuff is just not interesting to me at all. Like people talk, yeah. like it's just, he's not moving the needle anywhere he goes. Like it doesn't matter. He can go wherever that team is I, not, they're not he's a guy, favorite. He's a guy. I'm just saying, man, I'm, I, I, he should probably be a Nick. Why? He has future Nick written all over him. But like, why? What is the point? Oh, just a place where he can dominate the ball and be in the spotlight. Future Nick written all boring over to me. That's not interesting. Like, I don't want to see There's nothing there. the Knicks can do. That's going to be interesting. Chase. They're going to suck. They are going to suck. But like, I don't know. Is that really how you want to ride out your career, Russell Westbrook? Do you really want to go? I don't know. I, I don't. He's think lived that's... in Oklahoma City and Houston the past what ten years. That's true. <laughs> I um, think he's ready to go to New York. Is there like 
the perfect fit for him? Like, is there anywhere that like no. actually fascinates you? <laughs> I no, I don't. I it, it, him and Harden. You know, I don't. Can think I say the Clippers he's... does actually? If there is one, it's the Clippers. That is it. If there is one, it's the Clippers. But like, what do the Clippers have to give up to get? Are, are they keeping? Is it going to be him, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard? Yeah, and at that point, like, I, I mean, that's that's not good. I don't think it's bad. <laughs> like, I don't think that. I don't think, but I don't think again. If he had a problem, if he's demanding a trade because he wants to have a bigger role, and and he couldn't do that when it was just him and Harden. And mind you, this is a team that also pretty much changed how they play to the point to make him the most efficient he's ever been. You know, I don't see how he's going to do that with Paul George and, and, and Kawhi Leonard. Like they need a point guard. They need a guy that can set the table. They need a guy not saying they need Chris Paul, but they need a guy like Chris Paul, a table setter. They need a guy that can kind of set everybody up. Russell Westbrook's not that guy. No, I don't now, listen, as a guy in L.A. who I don't even know if I'll ever be allowed back in the arena under current situations, but like, I'm happy if that happens. That's more drama for me to watch. That's chaos up front in my face, and I'm more than happy to watch it. Yeah, I would but like I, to see how that works. I would like to see how Westbrook, Kawhi, and Paul George work. I would like to see it. I'm like that gift. I, I would I, like to I, see it. I don't see that working at all. Yeah. But it'd be like, fun to watch. That'd be a league pass favorite. I would like to see what that would look like. I'm all for it for the train wrecks. Last thing quickly, and we'll wrap up here. Um, the 76ers, are they <laughs> at all interesting to you this offseason? Yes. Okay. They gotta, they, I mean, here, you got to give the Sixers credit here. You know, they they went and got probably one of the most creative GMs. Now, I don't necessarily agree with everything that Daryl Morey does, but he's creative and he takes swings and he takes cuts, right? Like he doesn't just kind of hang back. Like he's your swing for the fences type of guy. And this is a roster that needs reworking. And I don't mean they need to trade Joel Embiid or, or Ben Simmons, but they need to build around those two guys. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> they need to build around those two guys. And I think they need to build somewhat of a normal roster around him. And they've tied themselves to some of these contracts. And I think it's going to take a guy as creative as Daryl Morey to make a move to, to try to clear up some of these things and, and, and make things a bit easier for everybody. So um, I'm very interested in watching what they do. And I think they got a good coach in doc rivers for this team. Yeah, I just, I think they're kind of limited. I I'm, the one thing I'm interested in, and I talked to Tom West about this of Liberty Ballers, where I'm just like, the one thing that's interesting to me is not the Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid stuff. That's not an interesting thing. I think they're both going to be there for a while. I think Maury is a asset accumulator and he is not moving on from either of them anytime soon. I do wonder how he maneuvers Tobias and Al Horford. That is what interests me is what he does and what he can get out of that. That is what I'm very curious of what he does with him uh, with those two, and then also Josh Richardson. Like, what he does around Simmons and Embiid is far more fascinating to me. Yeah, so for me, the I'm going to throw a trade at you, and you tell me how you, what you think of this one. I'm ready. This, this is one of uh, my wild ones, and, 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 and I'll explain my reasoning for both sides. I mean, I kind of like the idea of an Al Horford for P.J. Tucker, Eric Gordon swap and 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 maybe you throw in another piece 
going from Philly to, to Houston. But I think that's kind of an interesting trade to me for a couple of reasons. One, Houston's going to need a big man. And this is kind of the perfect big man for them. Just a guy that can pick and pop, can hang out on the perimeter on offense, can defend. I think even though he had a bad year, I think he's he's just a weird situation. It's hard to judge him based on this whole scenario where he had to share the floor with basically – Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid that just didn't work out. I think this is a good spot for him. I think for Philly, P.J. Tucker and Eric Gordon both fill needs. I think with Tucker, you're able to kind of play him as a, a stretch power forward and, and continue to give you space. And at times he can play the the five and if you want to go small or play him at the four and, and have Simmons move to the five when you want to rest Embiid. I think Eric Gordon, another playmaker, another ball handler for the squad is a guy I think they kind of need. And it's another guy that's in need of it. Obviously the, the Horford contract is, is pretty big. And that's something that the uh, Rockets might have a hard time swallowing, but they're not going to give PJ Tucker the extension he wants. And I think that's kind of the, the thing there. And it gets them off of Eric Gordon's contract. You know who I think has a year longer than than uh, than than Horford, so it kind of gets them a little bit more money, more flexibility a year earlier. So I think that's kind of the the trade I I kind of want to see. I don't think that really moves the needle for Philly. I think it does. I don't know. I, I it's fine. I, it, it's fine. And if you can get off the Horford contract, you do that no matter what. Um, I would look more at. If I could flip Horford, like if I'm Philly, I'm calling San Antonio because I'm going to see like what kind of interest they have. Like Horford is just built for San Antonio and they love Jakob Pertle. They love their, their traditional bigs. They love Aldridge, but he's gone after this year too. Like, I wonder what San Antonio would give up for Horford. I would, I would call about that. I don't think they'd give up much because they don't want to tie themselves to that contract. But Look would at you the do guys- DeRozan for Horford? Not if I'm Philly. It doesn't answer your, it doesn't fix your problems for Philly. You're gonna add another guy that doesn't shoot threes? I mean Jimmy Butler didn't shoot threes and they almost won the title. Yeah, but everybody else on that team did. Mm-hmm. So that's what you do. Like you bring in DeMar Rosen and then you you surround him with three point shooters. Yeah, but you have Ben Simmons already, who you're not going to get rid of, right? You have no. Joel Embiid, who's an okay three-point shooter, but let's be honest, we want him in the post more often. He's one of the few guys we want constantly posting up. And I I, I, I just think, again, you're just creating more more of a mess. you know. And that's, again, I think that's why you got to look if you're going to trade Horford. And, and Horford's not going to have much of a market. Like, I think we can agree on that, right? I don't think San Antonio's going to tie themselves to – you know, they're going to be they'd rather have the the uh, Rosen for another year and off their books after that and have the, the cap space over having Horford tied to them for the next few years. I think that's especially with the, the, the young guys that they have. You know, I think for the trade I pitched with with Houston, at least, I think it kind of you can sell Westbrook and Harden on that idea, although it sounds like Westbrook's already halfway out the door. Um, but I think that's. I think that's kind of the challenge there. If you're Philly, I don't think you can afford to bring somebody in who can't shoot. I would agree. Um, I just, I am very fascinated to see what Maury does here um, and what he does on the, on the edges. Um, we'll, we'll have to see, but I'm still pretty lukewarm on Philly. And I also think the fact that they have a lot of changes and I still don't trust the centership group. I still don't 
there's still a lot of questions I have and people are just celebrating. It's, oh, Daryl Mori. It's like, I mean, belt and brand stuff and like how this all works. A lot of cooks in this kitchen that I, I want to see. I just want to see it um, for a little bit. Is that and fair? And that's perfectly, no, that's more than fair. That's actually reasonable, Chase. I think that's the way to kind of go about it. There are a lot of questions about this ownership group. The thing I'd say I kind of liked what they did when they went and got Mori was this was a guy they wanted a few years ago before they hired Elton Brand, right? Like, you know, the second he became available, they they started trying to bring him in. And I think that's kind of the the way it worked, right? Like that's a guy they identified. This is the guy we want running our organization. We like how he thinks we want to move forward with him. And I think, you know, other front offices or excuse me, other owners with a guy already in place may not make that move and go after him. And I think, you know, there is a delicate balance a little bit between how do you deal with Elton brand and, and uh, bringing somebody in over him now and how's Elton brand going to feel about it. But I think, part of it is you just got to look at it going like Elton, you spent all our money on power forwards. Like all of their entire rosters is power forwards and centers, you know, like it, 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 we, we needed to make a change and, and this is an opportunity for you to learn under one of the best. So I, I kind of like what they did, but it's completely fair chase in the sense of like, we've, we've heard enough about this ownership group where there's, there's definitely questions. Yeah. And I want to see it. So we'll, we'll have to see it. Um, Mo, this has been great. I appreciate uh, you making the time tonight. You uh, you made your first appearance in the Chase House podcast. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. Except for the time you called me old. I didn't call you old. You you revealed that you were old, and then you, Re- you review the tape. That... Review the tape. You when I told you my age, you went, yeah, yeah, you're old. No, 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 <laughs> no. no, no. Hold on. You said Rewind. my reaction told you that I thought <laughs> you were old, and then I was like, okay, yeah, like you you put me in a corner. And at that point, I was like, I guess I'll just admit that, yes, you're older than I thought you were. But they're, old is all relative. Because to a 60-year-old, you're young. This is true. To a 50-year-old, you're like, oh, you're basically my age. I'm not 50. Easy. <laughs> easy. <laughs> oh, that was the last one, I promise. Um, not sure it was. <laughs> Mo, what can we look out from you this week? on the uh on the twitter front on the the writing front on the podcasting front what can we check out uh i have something coming pretty soon on the coaching carousel that has finally stopped um for bleacher report Mm -hmm. you'll you'll find me on the podcast uh kelly eco and i are going to do a brody and the beard podcast episode (laughs) Um, which we're probably gonna have to change the name of the show that's why i was laughing i was like i hope you're not uh hoping to keep it yeah yeah, so uh, I think that might be uh, the the name change might be imminent, I guess. Um, but with all the news going on in Houston, we're going to do a uh, podcast on that. Obviously, you can listen to me on Nerd or She Wrote on the Athletic NBA show. That one plays on Friday, and and that's where you can find most of my stuff. Yeah, I um, I'm excited. It's going to be a fun next few weeks. Go check out all of Mo's great stuff. Um, check out uh, ChaseOnsPodcast.com, and also check out us on apple and spotify mo what should the listeners do if they like our podcast tonight what should they do on apple oh i mean five stars rate and review us folks exactly um, let us know if you want mo back yeah exactly and if you want to point out the fact that i did mention that uh mo is a little bit on the older side look you know i don't control when mo is born it's not my pro it's not my fault i i, I don't know what to do i got wisdom let's just leave it at that <laughs> 
<laughs> Mo, thank you so much. This has been a blast. I appreciate it. Uh, stay safe out there, and uh, we'll have to do this again soon. Yeah, thank you for having me. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.